Welcome to the Lindsay Holder Podcast. Gain tips on how to run a successful small business, as well as how to keep yourself looking good while you do it. Here are your hosts, Lindsay Holder Reinhardt and Ashley Rinkin. Get ready. Today's guest is a good one. I am really excited about having Lindsay Brettweiser on to share all things social media and marketing for your small business. Lindsay has greatly helped me with my business and I have learned so much through her over the years. Lindsay B and I met originally as Lindsay was a client Then she went into the influencer space and I had her as our wellness ambassador at my spa for about one year. Through that, she shared her experiences with our services and did an amazing job. She was just so natural and effortless and I still have those clients to this day because of her. Later on, as her business grew, we did a one-on-one social media coaching session with my team and I learned to set up our social media schedule with the team and tips on how to navigate that platform on a daily basis. After that, she managed and was the liaison for all social media and influencers and content creators my spa partnered with for about a little over a year. So to say that I've worked with her full circle is not an understatement. With that said, it is a testament to her work ethic as I've worked with her in all those different ways and she has been the utmost professional in all areas. And for that, I highly respect her opinion, expertise, and honestly, she's just fun to talk to. Lindsay B has worked in advertising and social media for 10 years, serving big brands like Listerine, Sharp, UPS Store, and Pfizer. She started her career in her native New York, but after moving to South Carolina, launched her own social media agency to meet the needs of local businesses. Local brands needed experienced help and guidance to tailor custom social media and marketing plans on a smaller scale. She now works with multiple companies, touches a variety of verticals and lead strategic training for those looking to learn. Please welcome my guest and friend, Lindsay Brettweiser. All right, so today I'm so excited about today as Lindsay has greatly helped me with my business. It's funny because right before the podcast, we were talking how we originally met and Lindsay was telling me that you met when I had the circle desk. (laughs) Oh, gee, right there. Oh, yeah. For people who don't know that, that's like when I first started out. So just to let you know, when you first start out, there's two ways that you can start a business. And one is you go into a lot of debt and have a really massive loan and the place looks gorgeous when you move in, right? Like everything's redone. Or (laughs) the second route is my way where (laughs) everything is piece by piece. So it just, it looks the way it is. Here's your service. We are working the best we can. And now I have it updated. I still haven't done the floors. Like I still want to do my floors in the bathroom and stuff like that. But I... I'm a Dave Ramsey cash flow kind of person, so we do it as we can afford it. But I do not have loans at all, so it's just cash flow. It's amazing. It's amazing. So what she's talking about is I had this, it used to be a tattoo place. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was I a, had no idea. It was a tattoo place. So I had to put like my spa vision goggles on, yeah. and we had this tiny little desk in the center. We all crammed. <laughs> Yeah. To like, excuse me one moment, let me check this person out. And now it's this beautiful custom-made desk with this like wall behind it with, with the, the logo. With the Instagrammable yeah. logo. That's right. Which I thought about before we put that up. I'm like, I need something that people can snap. And you also put in 
that little like swing desk, right? For product yes. shots. I yes. thought that was brilliant. I think Logan had done a manicure on me and she was like, come here. And it had the white backdrop. Yes. And I put my hands on it and I was like, who else would think to put like a photo backdrop into their like architecture? Basically, I was like, "That's amazing." So that is a fold-out desk from IKEA that we had cut in half and painted, and then we put it against a wall and we flip them out for photoshops and also their checkout counters. They double, so it's go. double feature. So anyway, there you go. well, so Lindsay and I first met as a client. What'd you come in for? An airbrush tan? Do you think? I have to say it was probably a partial airbrush, and then I was back not long after that for lashes. It was either a tan or lashes. Why partial? Why did you do partial? So I was in a wedding and I was wearing a long gown. So I was like, legs don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Legs don't matter. So I only did the like waist up. And I don't remember if you were either, if the location was convenient or how I selected you that first time, or if maybe you were one of the only places I found that did the partial. Cause I was like, listen, I don't need the legs. Yeah. You know, like I'm wearing a long dress. I don't recall exactly how I found it like that first time, but it was either tan and then I was back like while I was still pregnant with lashes. Our location is, it's amazing. Like I really wanted a location that was easy to get in and out of. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted a location where you could just run to your car and nobody see you. Because one time I got a facial in a downtown location and I was like, please, nobody look at me. I'm having to walk all the way down right. to the garage down, and I looked like a tomato, horrible. And your hair gets like all greasy from the oil and stuff. I look, people are like, what happened to her? And I'm like, never again. <laughs> I used to talk to Chandler about that. I'm like, we do all these spa things to look amazing but when you do the facials I'm like you actually look worse before you, you look better because you do you do you draw all that stuff out of your face so I'm like you're doing all this stuff to look great and like breakouts and like you look terrible for like a little bit she's like yeah cuz we're drawing all that stuff out of your skin so and your hair looks crazy yeah like you come out of a spa being like I'm going to be amazing and you, and you look awful and you're yeah. like okay <laughs> and you look relaxed which isn't the best look it's like when you wake up for you're just kind of like it takes a moment to wake up yeah it's so funny well then after you had those services i remember the lashes too cuz yeah that was for the wedding then asked you to you were going to the influencer space like then you launched into the influencer space get fit greenville yeah and i said well let's do a wellness you are our first one uh-huh. let's do a wellness ambassador program i think we did that was it a year i think it might have been everything that i start i just build like there's no like i'm like hey wellness ambassador that sounds good to me yeah let's, let's, let's try it try it out and i think that hopefully that speaks to other small businesses that there's no like right or wrong there's no program there's no steps that you absolutely have to take build it see if it works if it doesn't start over yeah leave it build again you're being a small business owner your imagination i think to me that's the beauty of it that's what gets me excited i'm like nobody's done this i cannot wait to do it yeah let's try it let's try it i will say that and i'm not just saying this because you're here in the guest. I'm just saying <laughs> you did an amazing job. Like you truly oh, you. brought in, you know this, you brought in like really good clients. Like they were fans of yours. Like you have a fan base. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just natural and effortless. And I will say for those influencers struggling, Lindsay didn't have like this photographic, 
curated perfect feed. I didn't think it was more mm-hmm. just real honest like hey this is how it was and you would do like your videos in your car like very relaxed I feel like that was my trademark like filming in my car like the car videos are back honestly as a I had a full-time job at the time yeah and I was teaching fitness on the side and I had a small kid at home, so the only time I had quiet was literally in my car. And I would, yeah. like, get in my car after doing something or going right. somewhere and be like, this is what's up. Like, this is how it was. So, yeah, I would always film in my car. I remember it, that. You do. And I think also, like you said, you're a busy mom, and you really told your audience, like, what truly worked. I yeah. tried to, yeah. Yeah. Did you tell them what didn't work, too, or did you just kind of keep um, that to yourself? I did in the nicest ways possible, and I got a little heat for that. Like, some people obviously weren't happy when I was like, that was not good. Because it's a small community, too. Right. It's a local community, and I was going to a lot of local places. And, I mean, if anybody who's considers themselves an influencer or is trying to go to places to review, I was not going in in advance as an influencer. I was not reaching out to these businesses. I was going in as a customer. The way I went to so many places was that a lot of them offered intro offers, first-time client. Fitness studios had, like, first-class free, first-week free. So I would go as a regular client. Yeah. I would never be like, hey, I'm Get Fit Greenville. Like, I want a free class or a free experience. Yeah. I would just go. Right. And, yeah, so I would <laughs> tell people if I was like, I did not like that. And here's why. Yeah. So a couple of places were like, not a huge fan yeah. of that review, you know, but... Hopefully, it's just one person's experience. Right. And they either took it with a grain of salt or or, were like, oh, good point, you know? Yeah. I, too chicken for that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) if I don't like something, I usually just don't say it or I definitely won't tag the brand or whatever, but I usually just focus on the other. But you're like, this is great. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, like, skincare places will send me stuff. I said, I just want you to know I'm not posting anything about this until I've used it and I may not like it. I just can't do that to my audience. I really only post stuff that works for me. I agree. I've had a couple of products that I've just straight up said no to because I was like, I truly don't use it. I truly don't like it. Like, it just doesn't work for me. And just because it came to you in the mail, you're not obligated to share that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. Or I was like, I can share that I don't like it. You know, like, (laughs) which one do you want? (laughs) What do you want me to, it's not for me. And that's fine. And I think people can tell. I think people can tell when you're always glowingly positive about every single thing and you use every single thing under the sun. I think people can tell. So to your original question or point of, I drove people in. I was just telling them my experience. I was just showing them my experience. I think people can tell when you're just like, everything is so great always and because it was free. You know, I think people can tell. So you just got to tell them your point of view. It's what they're there for. So Lindsay was so good that I remember (laughs) the day that you posted about, and I don't remember the name of it, but you posted about a some kind of granola and blender bomb. And I was really into smoothies at that time. And you know where I live. And so you know the place was way out there. Like, it would take me 30 minutes to get there. I was like, I'm going You're like, this now. is what I need. You, this is what a true influencer <laughs> can do, like, to change. You got me out of my seat and got me into my car to drive oh to gosh. that location to get it. And I couldn't wait to put it and make my smoothie and eat the granola. You're like, now, this is what I need. This is what yes. I need. But I think that's such a good story because it shows you 
you actually created like movement, like an action for me. I feel like that that was a strong action to physically get me out and stop my like day. Like go somewhere. That yeah. day, not just the next day, like right then. I feel like if that doesn't show you the power of that and I'm a good purchaser. So I didn't just get one. Like I loaded up for the week. You're like, I know this person. I know yeah. this is good. I know. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. And so I trusted you and I oh, bought like. yeah. That yeah. was Just Blend. Just yes, Blend. Yeah. Okay. That's, yes. I remember now. Yeah. Shameless plug. That was Just Blend. I don't get anything, <laughs> anything from them, but like they're very good smoothies. Very good. <laughs> and I bought like my whole week worth and uh-huh. the granola. Like when I go big, I'm like, okay, let's like, do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I didn't draw that hair for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just the power of the authenticity that you can like share with your viewers so I just wanted you to know that and that's also why I think you were such a good wellness ambassador for one year so you did an amazing job with that which is natural and effortless and then you've evolved too so after that you became a social media coach Mm -hmm. and we're coaching small businesses on how to do their social media. Yep. So we hired you to come in and kind of get a system down and explain a little bit about what like we did. So, well, our coaching session, I think first and foremost, and I'm like, oh my God, that was a whole year ago. But what I remember was getting the processes in place. Like it is such a big undertaking and you had your whole team involved. So who runs what, how do we get it, you know, into a place where it's more, not automated, but into a place where it's easier to incorporate into the day instead of, oh, did we post on social today? Or who's in charge or who's doing that and kind of building that bank. And it also sort of dovetailed into the influencer program, which you then launched. Kind of how do you set that up and how do we work with influencers and what should I be asking for from them? And you know, how do I hold them accountable and get results and things like that? So from what I remember, we sort of took a step back and looked at you know, how do we build this in so it's something that the team can handle and manage on an ongoing basis? We did. Yeah. And what I decided to do was I actually build it into their calendar. So they have a physical appointment that they check out that's called Instagram. And every team member has a day of the week. Yep. And so they have an opportunity also to showcase their work and what's going on with them. And they can either do a video or product or whatever. So they physically check that out. And then I have Alicia at the spa. She actually is paid for this position, but she does two stories a day. So I have that. And then I also have Moria does my, hey, Moria. She does (laughs) my social media planning out for the week. This has since developed. I didn't have this. Right. This is where I'm at now. Yes. So she curates the feed and then she posts that story too. And then Ashley, my sister, she on the back end helps with the the engagement and things like that. And then there's me also who helps with the engagement and posting stories and checking the DMs. So there's a lot of people and we actually don't have a huge account. I think we're under 10,000, but it takes that much. It's unbelievable. I mean, the biggest things that you've said for anybody listening is that you said it, you dedicate time to it and you have people who are in paid positions and that just shows you how much work it actually is. And I think the biggest indicator is that people struggle with it because you think it should be easy. You know, oh, I have Instagram on my phone. You know, I have, you know, Facebook. I know how to use it, especially, you know, as the platforms age, we're all really accustomed to them. They've been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But to run it from a business perspective, when you are also responsible 
for the success of the business. You're right. doing your other tasks. Right. It takes dedication, takes time, people to help in these positions. Right. So, you know, definitely, that's the big takeaway. I mean, it is a lot of work. So if you dedicate time to it, if you have people dedicated to doing it, or if you figure out the process to make it smooth so it can be incorporated into your daily activities, then you'll be successful. But you even gave me a tip that I didn't have on there. I think it was with our Facebook, but you can do, I wish Instagram had this too, but it was to create automated messages of when it's outside the parameters of the hours. Yes. Like we have received your message. Please note that we will return your message upon our hours between so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. Mm-hmm. I love that because before I felt such a stress of being connected to my phone all the time. Oh my gosh, I have to answer this person right yes. away. And now they're you know, on a Sunday, they're sending the message or 8 p.m. at night. We don't check it. And I have somebody else that checks it. And then they get back to them. But you told us to do that. And we did that. We implemented that step. And that was just that one little thing. Man, I wish Instagram had that. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Right? It would be nice. I actually think now they do have... You can turn on like instant replies. Maybe we'll look after those. But you can turn okay. on instant replies now if your Instagram and your Facebook business are connected. So we'll look at that. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to look into that for sure. Like we yeah. received your message. But for anybody listening with the business, that is such an easy thing that you can do. Yes. Because it really just helps manage expectations. So, yep. you know, you as a customer, social media never goes off. You may be sitting on your couch Sunday evening browsing and going, oh, you know, I may want to like, how much does that service cost? Let me just message them. And, you know, if they don't respond right away, the brand or the company, they don't respond. It's crickets, you know, day or two goes by. You're kind of like, <laughs> Wah. but to have that, like, hey, it's outside of business hours, but we've received your message and we're going to get right back to you. It's a nice buttoned up piece of like gives you confidence, little piece of something that you can do. That's just like, Hey, I'm going to manage your expectations. We're on it. We got you. You'll hear from us next business day. Just a little, you know, puts you at ease. Okay. So in your opinion, so I have the team check it once in the morning Mm -hmm. and then once before they leave for work. Yep. Is that, do you feel like that's okay? I do. Yeah. I do feel like that's okay. As long as the expectation is managed that, hey, we're going to get back to you within, you can set whatever parameters you want. Hey, we check this weekly or, hey, we'll get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. As long as the person knows what to expect, I feel like most consumers are very reasonable. I think the pressure is, hey, I need a set of lashes or I need a facial. Do you have anything tomorrow? Like they do it like so fast. They're using it for appointments and bookings. Appointments. Yeah. yeah. Something you can do for that. I mean, checking frequently if you're using it for that or simply putting in your automated reply, you know, if you need immediate assistance or we don't use this for bookings, the best way is call us. You know, if you're getting a lot of people who are smart. Okay really reaching out via the DMs or via the messaging for appointments. Mm. Even put that number, like, I know you're on your phone doing this. So text us right now. We'll get back to you immediately. We don't check this as frequently or something. You know, you can really just set up the expectation of what I need you to do as a consumer. Okay. Yes, because a front desk person is, they're answering the phone. Right. They're making appointments. They have people coming in. And so they have all their other duties. So they're not on Instagram. And going through your normal booking process. So you have people who can book online. It might be as simple as people are reaching out going, do you have a lash appointment tomorrow? You have an online booking system. So, hey, need to book your own appointment? Here's the link to how to do it. You know, kind of thing. You can have that right in your automated 
response. That's, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. We have it on How Facebook. How you want to write it. But Instagram, absolutely. That's such a great point. So what are some systems that small business owners can delegate out to their team that doesn't interfere with their positions and they don't require them to be social media experts? So the biggest thing I think people can delegate out and requires very little, you know, social media specific knowledge is gathering content. Take pictures, 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 pictures. A lot of times people, I think they let great get in the way of good and say, oh, it has to be perfect. It has to be this edited, beautiful photo. Just get used to taking photos, asking clients to take photos, asking clients to send you photos or tag you in photos, build out a library. And if you can get everyone accustomed to, hey, take a picture every day, you know, you're sooner rather than later going to have a big library that's going to help you have things to post or have things to use and have assets. So you don't have to be a social media expert. No. To start generating content. No, and let's be honest, it's awkward, okay? Like when you watch yes. it, as a consumer, you watch it, you're like, oh, I love watching that. But the person who's actually doing the video, and if you're in the video, it does still feel awkward. Yes. Like it's not natural. Like my team is like, there's Lindsay with the phone again. And the thing about it that's so yes. awkward is the moments that do the best are the moments that are most awkward or unnatural. So what I mean by that, it would be, it's not staged, it's not set up. So last week it rained right like really bad like we had a lot of flooding yeah so I was able to capture and I have to grab my phone super fast I don't have time to tell you hey I'm doing a setup for Instagram like I have to get you in the moment so I was able to pick my phone up and get and record two things one my assistant getting the umbrella and walking a client out to the car in the rain so I'm showing that I'm capturing that moment which those do the best like those views like people are like oh wow that's so cool in the moment, super awkward. Like I have to you're do like, it. I'm filming you. I'm filming you, know, you through like, the window. Through the window. And the client's like, okay, thanks. And I'm like, my husband has permission for that. I don't know. <laughs> and then another thing was we had this like six, two, maybe even six, four guy come in and he wore shorts and sandals in the rain, in those torrential rains last week. So it was pretty funny. We had to build him with like trash bags over his legs, like leaf side trash bags. And I had to hold the trash bags while he walked. And I said, you know, I'm gonna have to get a video of this, right? Yeah, and he's, of course. Yeah, you're like, he's not in the Instagram. Yeah, like he was like, what? I was like, just, yeah, I'm getting this. So it was so awkward, but it gave me great content. So I think Maybe what I have decided to do is like during my hiring process, I have let the people know I only can hire people who are comfortable. Who are going to do it. Who are going to do it and through the camera because if not, it's day one is going to be awkward. Yeah. (laughs) So I think during your hiring, and you work at Cycle Bar too, you've got to do all of that. And so that's a requirement there. Like you've got to have an Instagram, you've got to be social. And I think that's where businesses are having to go now. Like it's a part of the job description now. Yeah. I mean, definitely to the questions, like you don't necessarily have to be social savvy to be able to do those awkward things. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I think you're right in that you have to have somebody who's comfortable. And it to me, it kind of just goes back to being personable. Like, yeah. you can totally acknowledge that this is weird, you know? You can totally acknowledge being like, let's get a picture for Instagram. You know, yeah. you can have a little bit of fun with it. So it just goes back to me to being personable yeah. and being able to make light of it and just be like, hey, we're going to do this. 
and we're going to do some social yeah. media stuff and hey, it could, is just par for the course. I could tell my team, listen, I'm not asking you to do a dance routine for TikTok. It could get way it could worse. Get way <laughs> worse, guys. Way worse. <laughs> so yeah, just take that with a grain of salt. And then also you do have people who plan out your social media, which is great, but they still need the content. Like my social right. media planner is like, I can, you know, plan and curate this all you want, but I still need you to upload those videos. Like, I'm not physically there. In the studio, right. In the studio. Talk, like, you have, she's in New York doing this. Right. And so I'm here, so she needs that content. So there has to be a driver at the place that you work that's going to physically upload that video and stuff like that. Yep. But I love that, that just capturing content and then also more real like just real versus you can have like a mixture like what do you think like the percentage should be like real versus beautiful curated so i think we are using the word real to mean like what like slightly lower quality just in the moment not polished oh i'm sorry i mean like yeah real not polished versus yeah professional like curated curated yeah right i think you can use a mix i think there's always the higher quality the better especially Mm -hmm. social platforms we'll say Instagram, it's visually driven. Like you want something that's interesting to look at and that's nice to look Mm -hmm. at. But when we say real, I mean, it's capturing those moments of trash bag on the legs. It's capturing those (laughs) like, that's what I'm gonna call it, trash bag legs. It's capturing those moments. It's capturing like, hey, here's the nail art that I just did. Or like this beautiful, here's the color that I just did. And I think it's a mix. I mean, I really do relevancy of the content over picture is going to matter every time. So what it is you're talking about, what it is you're showing, as long as that is really important, then it's not going to matter as much. You can sort of mix it up. Not every photo has to be beautiful. I would just strive for something that's meaningful. So when you're talking about that picture, let's just give an example. Let's say we're putting a picture of a set of lashes or a facial. Should we story brand Okay, Donald Miller story, but I love him. And talk about there's something behind that, or it's tempting just to talk about we offer classic lashes for blah 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 blah. Like, which do you feel like you should, or is it a mix? Or we're trying to say we offer this service. This is how much it costs. This is the benefits. But then you also want to draw that person in and say this is such and such, and she's a mom. This is what she she wanted to relax and get the spa. So yeah. I struggle with that. I think. I hate to say it's a mix. You know, it's a little (laughs) bit of everything. I mean, you do both. Consumers are smart. I think consumers are going to see those polished pictures. They're going to see me like, this is a service they offer. This is a product that they offer. But what's going to keep them coming back? Because social media goes on forever. You know, it's not not a magazine where you read it once and you put it away. You keep coming back. You keep seeing more content in the feed. This is a really nice picture. This is a product you offer. Maybe the next one is this is so-and-so using the product, or I'm going to squirt it out. Look, this is what it looks like. This is how it, the color changes when I do this, or this is how the foundation goes on, or a tip with it. Education, or this is a hydrofacial that we offer. Maybe next week you do a story of it. Maybe you do a video of me as a mom going, I went in, I got this service. So it's a little bit of everything, finding different ways to talk about the services that you do offer because your service menu doesn't change that frequently. Content goes on forever, so you have to find new and interesting ways to talk about it. So I don't think it's always do this or always do that. I think it's mix it up, keep people coming back. So mix and story branding with educational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously. And product shots. So and product yeah, shots. Yeah, have a little bit of it all. Okay, 
Yeah, it's tricky. And what about carousels? Do you think about those? Or- oh, yeah. So, I mean, if we were to talk tactically, the video, the carousel, things that are a little bit more engaging, give me a little bit more action to do. If I have something, a static image, or if I have something to swipe through, you're always going to see a little bit more engagement if you give me something to watch or swipe through or click. There's just another action for me to take aside from digesting it. So you can always look at those tactical elements to bring things to life too. I was really confused about the carousel because I went to a conference this, well, last year, and the speaker was saying that carousel posts aren't seen as much as your feed. Like she's like, you'll notice that your numbers drop when you do carousel. And I never heard of that. And then I went to another workshop and they were like, make sure to do carousel posts. And I'm like, well, which one is it guys? Like we have to be on the same page. I think... Which platforms were they talking about? Instagram. Okay. And I, so carousels, you can obviously do carousels on Facebook uh-huh. and you can do carousels on Instagram. Instagram has recently, not I shouldn't say like recently, meaning like yesterday, but they used to, you did a carousel and it was when they first launched it out, you'd call out in the copy like, swipe guys, there's more photos. Oh you yeah. Know, you know? Yeah. Now as it goes through the feed, it'll actually rotate the pictures for you. So your carousel is actually going into people's feed more frequently than just one post because you'll see the first image and then you might see the same post again leading with the second image what yeah i didn't know that so they'll rotate for you starting now facebook's carousels can be click-based if you Mm -hmm. upload a ton of photos you just kind of have a little mini album but with facebook carousels you get that click action so you're seeing higher engagement on facebook i did not know that yeah Surprise. Carousels, too, give you a really fun opportunity to be visually creative. So with if you put two images together, Instagram is really smart now. So if you put two images together that are, they go together and you kind of chop them in half, Instagram will actually make it seamless and almost look like a panoramic. You can also do some really fun things visually that let people know there's more than one picture, like changing the color about halfway through an image. Tell people, give them a visual cue to like swipe through. So it gives you an opportunity to be really creative. People are, they're getting really fun. I am so glad you answered that because I was so confused. Yeah, they operate a little bit differently on either platform, but I don't necessarily agree with they're not being seen because I I think Instagram got smart to that and they're rotating which picture they're leading with now as they serve them up. Everybody stop your carousels. No more carousels. (laughs) They're not being seen. I don't think that's happening. Well, I also, and I do, I wanted to hear your take on this, especially with small businesses that, you know, Pinterest is really where to put a lot of your time and I've focused on that too because, I mean, Instagram is extremely difficult. You work so hard. You spend so much money and time and effort and you're like, no one's no one's seeing it and then as we know pinterest is a huge search engine you've got all that seo and you can drive traffic to your actual site what do you think about small businesses using pinterest for that so pinterest for me is the lowest priority for businesses for me i think it's set it and forget it so you can build these little libraries of your assets and then you kind of leave it alone like people are going to search for braid inspo whether you're constantly refreshing it or not that's true and your braid photos or your braid boards are gonna show up as people Mm -hmm. are searching that Pinterest for me is interesting though because I sort of think of it like when you're planning a wedding and you're looking for inspo for what kind of cake you want, you're looking at the pretty pictures but you're not looking at who made it. You're not necessarily connecting the dots back to that business. So you might say, oh, it's a beautiful cake. I'm going to save that to my board. Not, 
oh, I'm going to... And then show the, it to the cake maker. I'll show that it. picture to the cake maker, the business that I'm going to go to that's yeah. local. You're right. not necessarily using Pinterest to search for what spa am I going to go to? You're like, Braden's bow. And then I'm going to take oh, that to my hairdresser because okay. I'm in, you know, Washington. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. for me, Pinterest is like, hey, you know, put some keywords in there, get some inspo. But I don't see it operating as like a traffic driver, oh, of like actual brick physical and mortar, brick and mortar traffic driver. More so as mm-hmm. my, like this brand that I do for if I need to work with a brand and I'm going to do QuickBook tips or whatever, you would actually go to my blog and have to physically read those tips and mm-hmm. you'll be, then you'll go into my website there. So that's not a brick and mortar that is online. So it would probably drive that traffic yeah, to that Yeah, that post. would be better. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm thinking okay. like driving to your spa. I'm not seeing... Oh, that yeah. from Pinterest. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, that's really good to know about the differences between those because we do have Pinterest for the spot and that. So I need to focus more on just my brand online versus the spot. With your digital experience? Yeah. Okay. Huh. That's very interesting. So what advice do you have for businesses to grow their social platforms? For business owners to grow their social platforms, relevancy and placement. So I truly believe you need to create content that people find meaningful. And this goes back to, you know, polished pictures, real pictures. If the message is relevant and meaningful, that prettiness factor sort of matters a little bit less. For every person out there who's like, you need this beautiful, all, you know, Lightroom preset feed, you can find an account that is doing gangbusters that doesn't follow that formula. Right. So if you want to focus on growing your following or kind of just gaining traction, it's really about finding the message that is most relevant to the people you are trying to reach. And if you can live in that space and talk in that space and give them something that is meaningful to them, you will grow. And I know that's very vague. People are, oh, meaningful. Cool. How do I know what's meaningful? And it's a little bit of trial and error, really. I mean, you're going to post about a number of topics and you have to be smart about looking back and seeing what got the most traction. Where is my target playing? Am I getting a lot of engagement on one platform and not the other? And then how do I maximize that? So it's a little bit of trial and error and learning as you go to figure out what is the most relevant thing for you to talk about. But that's really how you're going to start to see some actionable difference. And to look at your insights and analytics and see which post is doing the best and like the engagement rates and stuff. So it's interesting. Sometimes I'll look at a picture on our, we're talking about Instagram, by the way, on the feed right now. I'll look at the picture. I'm like, wow, we didn't get that many likes. And, you know, I don't focus on that. Yep. I've learned to just let that go. But then I'll go into the back end on the analytics and I'm like, wow, there was a ton of, what is that? Engage, like insights, like a lot of yeah, impressions, they'll show you impressions, impressions, they'll show and you had, saves. Yeah. Yeah. And it does really well. Yeah. So the likes were less, but a lot of people saw that and then they actually took a actionable step and went to the website or that's did that huge, yeah. yeah that's huge so that's huge. in terms of that pressure of as business owners we're working so hard i encourage you know to look on the back end to see what it's actually doing because at the end of the day does it really matter that you got 400 likes in a picture or as a brick and mortar or whatever you're selling it's more important that you actually got that customer yes yeah so they saw it they just for some reason didn't want to like it <laughs> there are, i'm a lurker there are a lot of lurkers i'm out a lurker there. yeah 
like I'll scroll through. I don't have time to like everything. I don't take action on every single thing I read, but it doesn't mean I didn't digest it. It's too much for my finger to move from the side of my phone. Yeah, I can't. I can't hit that hard sometimes, you know? But And then I'm like, I don't feel like it sometimes. I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, you have to look at the information to really decipher what's doing well for you. And a big part of, you know, kind of as you were saying that, a big part of it is deciding for yourself Mm -hmm. and your business what the most important factors are. So do you just want followers? Do you just want likes? Or... Do you put a higher value on clicks to your website? Do you put a higher value on completed purchases? Do you put a higher value on getting somebody to call you versus right. I got a thousand right. likes on this post, but no actual customers? Yeah, who cares? I mean, so, yeah. Right. So you have to really decide what's most important to you mm-hmm. and look at your content's performance and how it measures up against those factors. We often default to being like, I need 10,000 followers to have a meaningful social presence. But I could tell you that they always say that quote, like one good friend's better than 30 fake friends. Like a small group of very active, Mm -hmm. very engaged followers can be more beneficial than just this big inflated audience if they're not doing anything meaningful for you. Right. I agree. This episode is sponsored by Organic Tan Face and Body a natural beauty and wellness spa located in Greenville, South Carolina and owned by our very own Lindsay Holder. Come visit the spa today where they strive to bring out your natural glow. Visit the spa online at organictanfaceandbody.com and follow them along on Instagram. I'm in the middle of reading Pat Flynn's book, Superfans, and it's so... Have you read that book? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Or let me say, listen to the book. Yeah. <laughs> audiobook. <laughs> audiobook. <laughs> He's just talking about... And Annie told me about the thousand true fans by... I think it's Kevin Kelly. His essay, you don't need that many. You don't need millions. You really don't. You just need a super focused true fan base. And then that's who you focus on. Yeah. And also, you don't have I agree. like the energy for millions of people. Like, you know, even as a small business owner, and you know this too, you only have enough room and energy for a smaller group. When I, the days that I work in the spot, I'm exhausted, exhausted yeah, when I go you're giving home. giving it everything. I'm giving it my all. And first of all, you don't know how what's going on in my life. You mm-hmm. don't know how I'm feeling that day. You don't know if I have a headache or whatever. And, yeah. I'm, and then my energy is to that client and I put myself aside and why are you getting this done? What's going on in your life? Tell me about it. I'm trying to focus on giving them the best service and I truly am exhausted after every client and I just think, gosh, I couldn't do this for millions and so I'm just super, super focused on the ones that I have. Right. And that's going to make the difference. It really does. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that 100%. I haven't <laughs> read that book, but I'm going to add it to my list. Oh, it's so good. So also, I think building your... We just talked about like the engagement rate, reach and impressions falling. But I also really think it's important to do like collaborations with other businesses and really get out there. It's funny because I'll hear from people who want to start a small business and they're just sometimes they say, oh, well, I can just do the work and, you know, I'm talented or whatever. And I'm like, it's actually so much more than that. There's a huge, they call it a business for a reason. Like there's a huge business side to that. I have to get my butt out there (laughs) and make connections. I network 
all the time and meet other small business owners. And we kind of like, we network with each other and it's not enough just to sit in your room and just do the work. It doesn't come like that. Like I have a brand and it's posted and everyone will know about it. Yeah, no, it don't work Mm -mm. like that. I wish. That would be nicer. (laughs) It would be. So do you feel that way or how do you feel about like collaborations? And I think they absolutely have a place and I think they are absolutely success drivers. I know our question here is giveaways and collabs. So collaborations, I think about them a little bit differently. So collab, like you're not necessarily giving something away. It could be just you're partnering with somebody for something interesting, or you had somebody do, I don't know, this is our cryotherapy collab where you'll get half the service and half that, but you're still purchasing a service, like you're not giving anything away. I think it's smart because you're going to reach a whole new audience of people that haven't been exposed to you and it gets you out in the community. So, you know, for you specifically as a a local business, really getting out in your local community is huge. Right. If you're an online retailer, collabs can be a little bit more flexible. It could be with people, it could be with brands, they could be... That's true. All different avenues. But for a local business, getting out with others in the community is just an awareness effort, a huge awareness effort. Yeah. Giveaways, I think, are also extremely effective. I know people might be like, oh, giveaway, like such a just a transparent play, you know, to get followers, but it works. It's an exposure play and you have to expect some attrition. Okay. There are people who are just going to follow you to see if they win. And then like, Oh, I didn't win unfollow, you know, but some people will stick around. Oh, I didn't know about them. And I'm actually really interested in their content. So they really are wonderful exposure plays. Expect a little bit of attrition. That's normal, but both of them are huge helps. Like, what do you think? Two questions. Like, how much should a giveaway start at? Because there's a point to where you're like, that's not even worth liking and reposting. And then my second question is, when you do a giveaway, how many people should you do that with? Like, what's the maximum number? And what should your steps be? Like, just, hey, just let's make this simple. Just like this picture and repost it. So the higher value the prize, like quote unquote prize is, the more you can ask of your audience. So the most aggressive are like those loop giveaways where you're like, I got to follow how many accounts? I don't do those, by the way. I'm like, that's too much work. (laughs) People will do it. If you're giving away, if you're giving away an iPad in system, you know, like really the higher value the item or the giveaway or the prize, the more you can ask of people, the the smaller. I mean, I don't think there's any threshold. You could give away a consult. You can give away a manicure. Like people will enter, but the smaller the prize, the less you're going to be able to ask of people. They're not going to go through, they're not going to jump through a ton of hoops for like a manicure, you know? So I've done giveaways from as simple as leave your favorite emoji below. I don't even need you to tag a friend. You know, like I don't even just do something simple, do something fun. I like that. You know, your favorite emoji. Something as easy as that all the way up to things that are like a loop giveaway. But you have to be giving away something very substantial. Our last giveaway did very well with the cryotherapy ladies. Hey, ladies. (laughs) They're awesome. We did a $400 value giveaway. That did incredible for them and us. And a lot of those followers stayed. You have your drop-offs, of course, but... It was an opportunity to both of our audiences were in the similar health and wellness and beauty. Right. So it was just a really good fit and collaboration. So I think that's another thing. Like, do you think it's best to collaborate with people that are 
in your industry or do you say go out a little bit or what do you think? So, I mean, sometimes I think unexpected collaborations are the best because you're like, whoa, you know, I never would have thought of those two together, but there's something that works. For the most part, when you're trying to reach your target, though, you do want to be smart. So, you know, you are a spa and you don't, you're not exclusively for women, but the majority of your clientele is likely women. So you probably do want to collaborate with something that's not extremely like male focused and going to be talking to a lot of men. You want to find where your target plays and sort of be smart about where you're going to generate that awareness and exposure. With that being said, sometimes unexpected collaborations can be awesome and could just be totally something unexpected and you know, get you in front of a group of people who'd never even thought like, about Like, what would service. that be? Would that be, like, my spa and, like, a restaurant pairing, maybe? Or... That could be real. like, say, Valentine's Day. Okay. Like, a special, like, Gray's... Greenville did a... Oh, hey, Gray's. Sorry. Just, like, another plug, right? <laughs> they did a Valentine's box, and maybe you partner... Like, something that's just totally unexpected. Food and cheese and wine and pampering yourself on Valentine's Who did Day you just like, like? Who was it? Gray's. Gray's Greenville. They're brand- oh, I don't know. Oh, they, they do these amazing cheese boards. Oh. And like just platters. at Gray's, like G-R-A-Z. Yeah, Gray's Greenville. Oh, Gray's Greenville. Yeah. Really? Amazing platters. It's Abby, I'm the owner of Kuka Juice. It's her like new no way. business. Yes. Abby. Oh, I'm going to have to tell her. I, I mean, <laughs> I know. We're very good friends with the ladies at Kuka Juice. Yes. Oh, yeah. you... Look at that Instagram. I'm insulted. You're gonna, they didn't tell me that they were doing. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be like starving if you I'm look at her kidding. Instagram. But yeah, like something That's like that. So where you're cool. gonna be like, I'm a spa. I don't play in the food space at all. But here's like a really unexpected thing you can do. You okay, know? I'm totally doing that. I didn't know that what's going on. I'm gonna investigate you have to look that. At her Love account after because you're gonna be starving. Call them for you, Abby. <laughs> yeah, she did this awesome like Valentine's. It's like a box for what? two or four, and it's like chocolates and cheeses and oh it's, it looks awesome oh my gosh yeah. okay that's perfect okay we're gonna do that done one. <laughs> done, <laughs> done. Thank you. see i love you Lindsay. thank you, you yeah you always know what's in the know we're very plugged we're- <laughs> in very plugged in. well this is actually a cool segue to let's talk local influencers this can be challenging and it has been for me personally an interesting couple of years since instagram like truly took off oh i don't know two years three years something like that like to work with local influencers now it's just kind of like the norm that back then i was really trying to figure out (laughs) my way and it's interesting because i'm actually an influencer myself so i work with like really large brands i don't share that much about that but i've had some really cool like really large contracts and even national titles and stuff like that that i've worked with so i guess my point in saying that is i am a very structured person and i take it very seriously so when i have a like agreement or proposal like you do not have to follow up with me I will 100% email you back your stuff will be completed Mm -hmm. you will love it or I will redo it like there's just that professional side of me that comes back and I don't know if that's just me personally or if it's my corporate background or just how I'm built but so I thought everybody's like that Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They're not. Uh, not. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) And so I started a program and I've worked with a lot of influencers 
And so everything I have just kind of grown through this process and I've learned a lot what does work and what doesn't work. And I was getting to the point where I was just so busy. Like, I don't think people understand how much work behind the scenes goes on. And I needed help with the contracts. I needed help with the negotiations. And honestly, I just needed a person in the middle to guide me and say, look, you need this person's not going to be the best fit. This person will. So I thank you for that. Lindsay helped me out tremendously. And also with program that I did bring along, which I was super excited about and proud of. Lindsay really helped me navigate through the challenges of that. And I had a few of those girls were incredible. And I had a lot of really great relationships with them to this day. But I will say for me, a key to that was the ones that did work out really well, they also communicated with me, not just with that. So they've invited me to their events. They've stayed in touch. They personally DM'd me. They text me. They've invited me to even private things of theirs, you know. So I feel like that relationship Yeah, is a built. real connection. It was Yeah, that's perfect, a real connection. The program itself was challenging. I will say when you do a program in your business, it's not that easy because mm-hmm. you have things done on the back end that you probably wouldn't think about and that is tracking and metrics and how are we going to know when somebody brought some in the spot you have to develop that back end that you have right. to train the staff to put it in correctly right then you You're have giving to check people it. codes like you have Co- to have oh the systems that can accept codes or is it yeah. online is it via call like yes there's a lot that goes the, into it yeah then you have to send a report then you have to make sure they get their credits is that going to be a monetary exchange is it going to be a barter exchange is there clarity in how you outlay like what your deliverables are so Lindsay, i'd love for you to talk about that program how you help you help me so much and i will say you are also my therapist <laughs> Influencers are tricky. Honestly, when Instagram began to the whole the rise of influencers, I think it became and still kind of like somewhat is like this dirty word because everyone was like, I'm an influencer. No, not everybody is an influencer. And I think it became apparent through your program that everybody was an influencer until there was business involved. You know, the big thing that we were able to do was step back and say, okay, that's you're getting free service, but you're also providing, this is a transaction, you are providing content, you are providing reviews, you are participating. And you know, when people had to sort of be accountable, like, hey, proof of post, you didn't post about the service you got. And like, that's what we agreed upon. It started to weed people out. So there yeah. is the business element to it. And I think influencers are extremely effective. And I have started calling them myself content creators because a lot of the biggest that's influencers- That's a good word. I like that. Yeah, they yeah. are creators. creators. I think a lot of the really big influencers, I don't know if people realize this, but a lot of the really, really big ones, the hundreds of thousands of yeah. followers, they are picked up by actual media companies. They're not- you know, just like sitting in their house being like, I want free Cheetos today, you know? Yeah. They are writers. They are photographers. They are models. They are stylists. They are, and I say like models, not like they're in magazines. I mean, they are the models of the content they create. They style themselves. They write. They are speakers. They're on video. They are creators, okay? It's not people who are like, I want a free service. And I think it became a dirty word because everybody was like, I'm an influencer. And, and you then, owe me this free service because I took a picture. Right. Like, I have and, 100 followers, and but when it came down to... And that didn't drive business into the... 
Right. But when yeah, it came it down money. to like proofs in the pudding, you know, hey, we're going to set up this is an actual <laughs> business program and you, know, you sign on the dotted line. There's an agreement. You will be an ambassador or an influencer for six months. Like you said, there is that back end of like proof of post. How is it performing? How am I participating? Am I engaging? Am I showing up? Like there are all sorts of things that, you know, an influencer should be responsible for doing and business should hold them accountable for doing. Right. And I think also you'll find out in your business pretty fast who's the right fit for you because you'll see who they bring in still to this day. Like, you know why they're true? They still come in whether they're paid or not. Like they use the services and they have such a strong, this is important for a small business. They have a strong connection to their community. Like you, you're a perfect example of that. Yeah. And another great example is Shayna and Cindy. Cindy has a awesome. They are stellar ones. So they really have a strong connection to their community and people value their opinion. And so I really enjoyed working with them tremendously. But I do think people probably don't understand how expensive a program can be on the back end to run. So if it's not working, then what do you suggest? Just, okay, let's go back to the trade system. Like, okay, you'll come in for service and then all I need is an IGTV or a post for that. And so it's just very clear. Honestly, I think if it's not working on the back end, you say expensive, you know, for anybody considering this, you are giving away service, you're giving away your time, like time is money, it's time that you could have a paying client. Paying for somebody away, like you that, right. to develop it. and to, Yeah. Right. Having somebody manage it or um, draft agreements. Um, less, I haven't even told you how much the attorney cost, the legal cost to draft those documents. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, anybody considering an influencer program, I think Lindsay was very smart. You no, know, we're both named Lindsay. So yeah. this Lindsay, organic can piece in body is Lindsay, Lindsay, is very smart in that she had agreements drafted. So I think people who approach this often, more times than not, often give the influencer all the power. They're like, oh, I just wanted you to, you know, like post a picture. And then they end up like not liking the photo or you have to have something down on paper of like what the expectations are. So that's something definitely have some sort of agreement in writing of what you expect to be delivered and when you expect it to be delivered and how long you expect it to live on the feed and things like that. But you know, if you're giving away these services, you're investing your time and it's not working, I would say take a step back from it. I mean, there's no rule that you have to work with an influencer. I think if there isn't anybody in your community, maybe go the collaboration route, maybe go, you know, some other, maybe the giveaway route. Maybe there isn't necessarily somebody who works for your business. So if you're investing all of this and you're not seeing the return, I think it's perfectly acceptable to say, maybe this isn't the right route for me. Maybe there's another avenue. Maybe it's an ambassador. Maybe it's a collaboration. Maybe it's a giveaway. There are other things to try if you're investing, 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 and you're just not seeing that come back. Yeah, the rate of the return. So with pricing with that, and we're talking local here, and this I have also learned that just because you have a bazillion followers doesn't mean really that much Mm -hmm. in your local community so you know i'm not target i can't afford this mega check that they get and also you're not pushing product would you swipe up and purchase it is a lot harder to get somebody to physically walk walk in in the door get somebody out to go buy the blender bombs (laughs) 
That's right. <laughs> That's know? right. So there's such a difference there. So I think what's happening is a lot of influencers or content creators are so used to these collabs to where they just sign up for them, the check comes in, they get the free product, they do the picture, bam, it's done. Totally different when you're talking about a local community. Yeah. And you really are tested in the local community when that's I really think you know oh can you drive that traffic in total different ball game so pricing for a larger influencer or I guess assigning a you think as a small business owner oh my gosh this person has so many this mega person mega yes. person but I just want to focus or I just want to let the audience know and we have found out the micro influencers have worked the best yep. and some of the requests that I've received from the larger influencers I'm my mouth is dropped open. I'm like, I can't afford, I would like all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. I can't like, Please, I, I would like, that. I would yeah. like that, but I'm a small business. Like I can't afford all of that. And also I don't think I would get the value, like the rate of return coming back because it yeah. does me no good if that client's in California, New York, I need somebody in my city. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of just kind of talk about that. And maybe like you said, a barter for that service and let them know and also should so is that saying that we shouldn't even approach the larger influencers or what do you think no not at all i think there's a double-edged sword here because as influencers grow so as they generate these bigger audiences and we're talking in like the tens to hundreds of thousands these are very large accounts you know there's nothing wrong with knowing their value. You know, they may have a price sheet and say, this is my rate for what I do. Again, I consider them creators. They probably didn't get to that large of a following by having bad content or bad imagery. You know, I think there's nothing wrong with an influencer or a creator out there being like, this is what I do business for and that's my rate. On the same token, I think you have to be very smart. Like you said, just because you have this extremely large audience doesn't necessarily mean you're a right fit for a small local business that needs foot traffic. I always encourage businesses to do an audit of any account that they're interested in. It gives you a good idea of where the followers are located. So there are some right here, we're in Greenville. And you say, oh, they have you know, 20, 40,000 people or even up to the 200,000. Like, yeah, but 90% of them are located in California. So it's not going to help drive people into your location. How can they find that? That's on their insights. They um, can often use a third-party site. There are... Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. There's any number of them out there. And you can actually just pay. It's usually like $3. It's a very small fee to type in the Instagram handle or the specific account and get a breakdown where their audience is located and also an indication of if their accounts are like spam. Like if they have a hundred of them are spam accounts. I didn't know that was, do you have an example of one that you like to use? There's, well, four is a good one. Oh yeah. I'm a member of four. Would okay. like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of tell you if they're authentic. There's also a smaller one, Hype Auditor. I've run accounts on just to get a breakdown of like, where are they located? And are they body? Are they looking suspicious? So those would be two that I would go to immediately to check. So you have to be very smart in what your goal is. If you're a brand that's available for purchase online, if you're like Nike, sure, anybody can go on Nike.com and buy Nikes. I don't necessarily care where you're located. Big follower, big reach, great. But 
like yourself, if you're a local business and you need to get people in the door, I don't need 200,000 people in California. Right. Not going to happen. Oh. Not helpful. They're not going to come here to Greenville and walk in my door. So just being very smart. And you mentioned also the quality of their comments. You can tell. Yeah. Like, so a lot the- of times... The more giveaways or the more like collaborations you do, you can grow your follower base, but it doesn't always mean that they're authentic, like real people. Uh, that happens a lot with loop giveaways. You have people right. who are just like, and yeah. click, click, click. So just checking that as well, being like, all right, yeah. they have this huge mass following, but is it bots or is it people? You know, kind of and, just getting a gauge on that. And also, if you're in the community, you also know the other people commenting. A good example of that is Cindy. And I'm talking about Cindy McGrath. I just love you, Cindy. (laughs) She's awesome. She's a wonderful makeup artist. And she was one of our glow gals. Also in her comments, like I know the people who are commenting. And I know they truly are in the community. They're actual people. They're actual people. And Shayna as well. I'm like, oh, I know her. I know her. So I can look at that and see that. And Courtney. Hey, Courtney. With Girl About Greenville. So I can just see it's not like hey girl nice dress or you know cute skirt cute skirt like a hundred times a hundred times cool yeah i'm like that person yeah that's i don't know what pod that is but that's not going to do anything so yeah the quality of the comments is very very important and the location of the audience so i like those third party apps that you recommended i never thought to do that so that's to check to check I think going back to your original question of, you know, knowing their value, they have a certain price sheet, you know, where should you go being a small business owner? I think if you're looking for somebody who is a micro influencer, you have more play to be in your budget of like what you can afford to work with. A lot of micro influencers will work for trade. They're very happy to just go out into the community and really tout things that they love. I think the larger you get, it does become more of a business transaction. So keeping that in mind, I think. And I think it just depends on what you want. So for example, I usually just do trade. I have paid one person in the past and it really wasn't that expensive. But what I got for that was what I needed. So I got a full length video. I got an entire, I've got like four outfit changes. And I mean, I can't even tell you how many pictures. Yeah. The content was, it was for, worth it. It was worth it because I, it was marketable material that I still use to this day on the website, on the video. So it just depends on what your needs are. Right. So if it's for something extremely marketable and advertisement, you would may want to pay for that quality because that will be with a professional videographer and professional photographer. But if you want something just to pop on your IGTV feed or your feed just for a picture, I think a trade would be sufficient for that. I would agree. Um, yeah. yeah. Almost treating like those paid experiences like marketing or branding shoots where you have asset deliverable assets deliverable assets exactly so what are some other marketing tactics that small businesses can do to increase their awareness with limited cash flow we all have limited cash flows small businesses and resources i'll give you one with zero dollars which is just engage Okay. Engage. Don't post and ghost, right? That's everyone's like favorite. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, even if you have zero dollars, if you're looking to increase your awareness and your engagement, get on the platforms and use them. I think so often as businesses, especially business accounts, we are so focused on getting stuff out the door. We need to have content. We need to have the calendar planned. What image? What copy? What day? Am I getting it all scheduled? Am I getting it out? That we forget that the other half of that is simply being on the platforms and engaging as that handle or as that account. So 
I think with no money, just something that you can do to sort of increase your engagement, your visibility is simply to use the platforms, follow other accounts, comment on other photos, go ahead and, you know, start liking pictures. You know, make sure you're actually using the platforms as they were intended because it helps you show up and helps you become more discoverable. So it's just time that you need for that. But that is a huge, huge missing piece, I think, for a lot of businesses. We used to post a picture five days a week, and now we post it four days a week. And I'm almost thinking about going down to the three. Like, I really don't think you need to, back in the day, two, three times a day. Remember those days? Hardly. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I can't, you know, do I do this or payroll? Like, what do we have Yeah, like, what do we do? What do we do? And now it's more stories. Yes. I think that recently just came up with another client of mine. They came across some... You always got to talk people off the ledge with this one, but they came across some old like best practices thing and it was like post seven to eight times a week. And I had to essentially, I was like, take a step back because this document you found was from 2013. Okay. 2016 is when Instagram rolled out stories. And from that point on, ephemeral content wow. has changed the way that we use social okay we all know and as i say this you're gonna be like oh yeah i totally do that everybody we're looking at the stories we're looking at that content multiple times a day it's not making it to the feeds yeah and we're not expecting it to so we're posting less on our you know static channels on our facebook and our instagram feeds and we're putting more and more and more in this ephemeral like it's gone in 24 hours unless i put it in a highlight kind of content. So we're still posting a lot, but it's not on our feeds anymore. So you can go down to a couple of really high quality posts, but you continue that activity daily in your stories or in your highlights. So that's always something that's really interesting to talk brands out of. They're like, I need to post like a ton. And I'm like, people aren't using the platforms the same way that they used to. Like back in the day, people were posting a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Because there were no stories. There weren't. Like that's right. The platforms themselves have grown. The user bases have grown. It's just you can't see everything that way anymore. So, so how many pictures a week do you think? For feed or for stories? For feed. For feed, it depends, again, on how engaged your audience is. But, like, say for Facebook, if you have some really good content and even a paid strategy, one, two times. Maybe up to, like, three or four, roughly. Yeah. But, you know, as I say that, as I say cut down on the feed... Don't cut down on the stories because that's where the eyeballs are, you know, daily. Like Um, how many stories? Well, if you have like you're in a spa, so you have like a lot of, say, like clients or services or things that you can constantly refresh on. But stories, I mean, you at least want to stay present a couple times a week with a a multi-frame situation. It's not a great place to just go look at my latest post. (laughs) You know, you want to have something that's different there. So multi-frame, couple times a week at minimum, but daily. And what's the maximum to where you're just getting on people's nerves? (laughs) So this is also a really like fun for feed or for stories? For stories. Okay. So this is another really fun one I get. They're like, what is the ideal number of frames? And as I say this, everyone's going to go, oh yeah, I totally do that. Um, (laughs) We click, we click through, right? So you only last, like you see your view numbers go down, 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 down. You only last like four or five frames. Like I'm not going more than that. That does not mean I won't watch more than that. It just means I won't do it in one sitting. So you can oh, do a lot, okay. but break it up. 
So okay. don't go and do like 20 frames one after another because yeah. if you look at your viewership, you're going to see it go 20 down, frames? Down, 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 oh my down. gosh. Well, you know, sometimes wow. you, like, you film a video and oh, then like yeah, you that's post true. it in like one little video is like five yeah. frames in yeah. itself. And then you got the stills <laughs> and then you got like other stuff you're working yeah. in. But you're like, everybody's going to want to see this one too. <laughs> yeah, you're like, they're totally going to watch all, all of, of these. You know, we tap through. We're like tap, 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 tap through these stories because even though they're 15 seconds, that is too long for us. You know, we're like tap, tap, tap in. So I don't necessarily think there's a limit that you can do to stories. I say break it up in your time frame. So I may post, say on an account, I may post 25, 30 stories in a day, but I did it in chunks of five or six at a time where eight in the morning, I had a little chunk. 11, I had another little chunk. 2 p.m. I had another little chunk just to keep those people from necessarily like tapping and skipping because it's just too much to watch. And I don't always have time to do this, but I like it when the story actually has the words on it so I can read it. And I need like an app that can just do that for me because then I'm like, oh, I don't even have the time to enter the words on the story. Do you know what I mean? Like the built in like typing? Yeah. Service? Yeah, so when I'm watching a story, sometimes not A, I'm not in a place, like it's at night or something. Oh, you something. don't have audio on? Yeah, I don't have audio on, and I need to just oh, read that. Gotcha. But then when I'm actually doing the story, that takes time to put the words on the story. Yeah. I'm like, y'all just going to either have to watch it or not. <laughs> just turn consumer, your sound on. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah. So I need to find an app that can... Just that like can, close caption it or something? Yeah, close caption. Yeah, there That's we go. What, I think I they like, have one of those. Words. Yeah, I think they have that. So, well, that's good to know. And just a tip that I have recently found out, I have started my TikTok. I am going to start my watch out <laughs> team, going to start the TikTok right. or getting to somebody. But you can easily use your story content and convert it to the TikTok. I do not necessarily create content right now as I'm saying this for TikTok I just use the stories that I already have and then you can just like add a new tune to it speed it up do whatever and then you have your TikTok because I hate to say it but just like you had Facebook and then went to Instagram or you had Snapchat and the Instagram a lot of people are going to TikTok who knows if it's going to be the next thing or yeah. if it's gonna you just never know but I am prepared <laughs> yeah. I have launched it I have right? launched it as my yeah. eyes roll and I'm just like right now just okay the story's gone away I can reuse it for TikTok and it stays so it's not this curated feed that I need for Instagram so it's a different platform altogether but I yeah. do encourage businesses even if you do not want to use that platform grab your handle that's Grab smart. Your it's smart. It really is. Even if, right, like say you're not going to be on TikTok or you're not going to just, yeah, like create an account. Create just, an account. So you snag your handle. Exactly. Or the handle you would want or a few of them. It's such a silly thing because you're like, I'm never going to do that. But what would be worse is that in like two or three years, if you do decide to do it and like... Yeah, and there's it's not, so, yeah, there's or it's some, gone or yeah, yeah, somebody has it or there's something out there, and it's like cool, great. That happened with me. I'm like, okay, what initial can I add into this? Blah blah blah. You know, you yeah. just want your name. You want your name or your business. All right, so we're gonna wrap up. We have a few listener questions. So thank you guys. So Courtney asks, what's the best way? Hey Courtney, to go about advertising on Facebook and IG? Boost your post, yes or no? So awesome question, but it really depends on your goals. So when you do a boost, it's generally set up basically as an exposure play. So you're getting eyeballs, but 
that's about it. If that's what you want, like you're just trying to generate awareness amongst, you can kind of set the parameters for where the ad is shown, like amongst your local community, then great. Hey, that's a perfectly, you know, a smart thing to do. If you're looking for some more actions, however, I would encourage you to go ahead and look at the particular ad types that the platforms offer. So if you're looking for people to sign up for your emails or your CRM stream, look into lead ads. If you are looking for people to click or book, like look into ads that have a call to action, you know, versus just a simple boost. So I think advertising is a really smart thing to do, but I think you need to be a little bit particular what ad type you're using based on what you're trying to achieve. I was at a workshop recently and they said that if you do the boost and you start paying for that, then Instagram kind of like almost penalizes you. Like your next post isn't going to be seen as much. Basically, they want your money. They want you to keep Pay to play. Yeah, um, pay to play. They want to keep you So I haven't seen anybody or like have any data that would back up anyone being penalized outside oh, of what they really? already okay. do. They already block organic content. So they stop serving up your stuff. And that's really to encourage you to pay to, to pay get it. that exposure. Yeah. So you're going to be blocked organically. And this is I mean, really mm. primarily to hold on Facebook first and foremost, but like you'll be blocked organically about a third of your following. So if you're like, oh, I have 2000 followers, but like 300 people are seeing it, that's on purpose. Right. You know, they stop sharing your content and the way to get that additional exposure is through paid. Paid. And I just want to preface, this is what the speaker of the workshop said, and I agree with her. They're a business. Yes. They don't owe us anything. Yeah. Like we're so frustrated they're not seeing us. Oh, this free platform is not showing all my stuff. Right, my <laughs> advertising. Am I advertising? Because they're a business. That's what, they're not doing it just for, you know, just to have fun and giggles. They have to employ everybody that works there. So, I mean, I do get it. Yeah. I get it. So, I know that it sucks. <laughs> I know. We're all like, ugh. I think sometimes when we are frustrated, just understand that they yeah. are also a business. I mean, we... I think that frustration also stems from the fact that it wasn't always that way. And I think that's a hard, oh, that's, yes, that's yes. A hard pill for people yeah. to swallow. You know, it, these social platforms didn't launch with advertising in mind. And as they progressed, I mean, these platforms launched in what, 06, 07, Facebook specifically. I had to log in. I'm going to age myself here. I had to log <laughs> in with a .edu. Oh, wow. Like, I had to have a college email. Like, that's how Facebook started. Yes, it was yes, for colleges. Yes. Okay. For college students. So they weren't always built this way. And I think that brings people get frustrated because as time progressed, they advanced to a business model and they figured out that marketers were going to come into this space and they had to figure out how to make mm-hmm. it an advertising channel while still trying to uphold the integrity of the user experience, people who aren't necessarily there to be blasted with commercials. But yeah, I think that it stems a lot of frustration, people being like, oh, you know, I used to just work like this, or they used to just show the content, or they used to have these pages that Mm -hmm. you could have, and they've sort of evolved into a more business model. Yeah, I think that's a great point there. So Tatiana asks, well, just any marketing tips in promoting business? Yeah, not social media specific. That's how I kind of read that one. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I can tell any business, it, it just goes back to strategy. So have a very, very clear understanding of why you do what you do and what the story you're trying to tell is. Because if you are 100% clear on that, it's going to come through. A lot of times brands will just focus on what they make or what they do. Right. And 
let me tell you something, what you do is not unique, <laughs> okay? There's right. what the actual, like, physical what, what you make, what you do, guarantee there are other people out there who do I like do, your little cupcake story in here. Your little what? baked cupcakes. Yeah, so yeah, everyone else like, <laughs> hey, you make cupcakes, like, so, so does everybody yeah. else, you know? You have to give me something else. So as a marketer, if you're looking for any tip, it's have a really clear understanding of why it is that you bake those cupcakes. Or, you know, is it, it was always my dream, you know, in college to own my own business. Like, give me something to grab onto aside from the physical what that your business does. So have mm -hmm. a very clear understanding of why you do what you do and be prepared to tell that story. I love that. Cassie wants to know what are effective ways to grow your following, which I think you've had kind of already addressed with engagement. Yeah, I feel like we've sort of talked about that, but if you want to grow your following, the biggest thing you can do is have really relevant, meaningful content. Content, yeah. And what that is for your target will be different for everybody, but just be smart, look at your analytics, and whatever's performing best, really try to focus and go mm -hmm. in that direction, and you'll start to generate that engagement and that exposure. And last question, Desiree wants to know, what platform is absolute best to gain traction and customers for your business? So I feel like a broken record, but that won't be the same for every business. Really, the platform that's going to be best is the platform that has your target audience on it. And if you tell me that your target audience is everyone, then I will say that that's incorrect. <laughs> I'll say, no, it's definitely not. So the best social platform or the best marketing platform in general is going to be the one that has your target there, really, mm -hmm. actively using it. So if your target is older, if your target is younger, you want to pick the platform that fits best with that demographic, and that'll likely be the one that's going to give you the best traction. I love that. Well, so we've wrapped this all up. We did it. We did, <laughs> we it. did it. This was a really rich filled session. We could talk about we social could, media all, all day. day long. So I hope everyone got a lot of tips and insights and I will list all your handles and websites and everything where to find you. Most people don't know this, but Lindsay is a mom of two littles and so <laughs> busy and working. So you have to grab and go. So I love our what's for lunch sections. You're a smoothie girl for lunch. Is that what? I live and die by the smoothie. Okay. Live and die by the smoothie because I can literally like carry it out the door with me. Do you make it like the night before, pop it in the freezer, or do you make it on the spot? Make it on the spot. Make it on the spot. Okay. And it is a, typically it is like whatever's within reach, like goes in the blender. Like um, leftovers? Like or... frozen fruit, veggies, like peanut butter, whatever I have that is like in my house will go in the blender. So what is your like tip for like what's for lunch? So give our listeners what's in your smoothie, like what's your favorite to recommend? All right. My favorite smoothie right now is actually, surprise, veggie heavy. Like you think smoothie, you think fruit. But my favorite yeah. smoothie right now is a vegetable based smoothie. It has... Don't knock it till you try it, guys, but it has coconut milk, spinach, zucchini, riced cauliflower. That's the game changer right there. It creams it up. It really does. It makes like, it creamy. Yes, it makes it, like, all of this is frozen. Honey, dates, which make it sweet, so you're not missing that fruit. I have hemp hearts or chia seeds, like literally whatever's yeah. in my pantry, and then almond butter or peanut butter, whichever one I'm not out of, which happens all the time. Blend it all together and go. It's a beautiful shade of green, so you feel very healthy. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm having something green, and it's loaded with veggies, so you can't and you can't beat it. Just drinking it. Yeah, and literally, <laughs> and I like drank one on my way here this morning. Oh, I, did you? Yeah, like in the yeah. car. Yeah, and it's got your protein in it, and you're good to go. Yeah, got my like the nut butter, I yeah. got fiber, I got protein, good to go. 
cauliflower rice has just been a game changer for all of us. I don't know what we did before that. Didn't like, eat cauliflower. We, did, we didn't for eat. Sure. Yeah, yeah like, that's, we definitely for sure did not so eat cauliflower. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and we'll have all this information for you guys in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. I'm going to tell you guys where you can find Lindsay Brettweiser through her website, Insta, and email. Please find Lindsay Brettweiser through her website at lindsaybsocial.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-B-S-O-C-I-L.com. Find Lindsay on Insta at lindsaybsocial and feel free to email her anything else at hello at lindsaybsocial.com. That's hello at lindsaybsocial.com. Thank you guys for listening and a reminder to please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to make sure you are getting all the episodes. And also if you would please, please rate and review us. You can be a part of our community through our VIP private Facebook group for women entrepreneurs and those beauty mavens. Search Lindsay Holder Small Biz and Beauty on Facebook and we cannot wait to keep the conversation going on over there.